All right, you know what this tune means. It is catching up time, and I have a special treat for you today. We're coming to you from the Rove Hotel, downtown Dubai's podcast studio, and I have Mariana Masakian joining us, and you are going to, did I get that right? Yes. Oh, there we go. It's a a highly produced podcast. Uh, So this is really fun because I'm on LinkedIn and I get a message from Toastmasters. Well, from Sarah. Sarah, that's it. I got a message from Sarah and we're back and forth. Like about, I don't know. I got to go count the messages. It was an extraordinary number of messages. And she's like, yeah, I got someone you got to meet. Would you like to do a podcast? I'm going, yeah. I was like, A, I like meeting people, and B, I love podcasting, so let's do it. And you've got this epic story because here you were climbing the corporate career ladder. Like, you've got the checkoff list. And I, and I, we talked about this. McKinsey, IBM, Intel, Drake & Skull, uh, Future... Future Pipe, FBI. Yeah, KCAL, and the list goes on. Now you're an author. You're very happy in your skin. There was a middle ground where, okay, you got married, child, children, family, and all that's happening. Career, family stuff becomes challenging. And you navigated it. You found your way out. And as I was saying, I wonder if the title of this podcast shouldn't be Toastmasters Help Me Find My Voice. Yes, yes. I would go 100% because I wouldn't be here without Toastmasters. And I always say that my journey of self-discovery, my journey all started with Toastmasters. And the way I stumbled upon Toastmasters, that was the interesting part as well. Because by that time, I had spent weeks, maybe months Uh alone in my room with my eight months uh, son, not talking to anyone at the time as a full-time mom. And then I found this book in the bookstore that says, never eat alone. And that's what I have been doing for months (laughs) on and just eating alone. Eating alone, talking to your baby. (laughs) Yeah, talking the booze and the buzz and not in full sentences. And then I opened the book and then in the middle of the book, it says, go to a Toastmasters club. And I had no idea what that was, but there it was, you know, the, the page I opened. So I go online, I check Toastmasters Dubai. It had to be next to my house. It had to be on a weekend because I have known and you know one to take care yeah, of box uh, check, the baby. Box check. So that and the only club that I found was Be Bold for Change Club. And for my luck, it's an all woman club that they yeah. meet at one of the members' houses. And I gave them my number. I send them an email and they reply back. They call me back, actually, and they ask me, would you like to come and attend on Friday? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm there. I'm, I'm already on the I'm doorstep. There, you know, if there's someone willing to talk to me, I'm there, you know. So I go to the meeting with no expectation. I don't know what to expect. And then I go in uh, and I find myself in Lorraine's house. And Lorraine is the founder of this chapter of the club. And she is so uh, with open arms, she just hugs me, you know, yeah. at the days where we used to hug. Uh, we, she welcomes me. She tells me, come set up the room with me, have a snack, have coffee. And then she gives me a red capsicum, a green capsicum, and a yellow capsicum. And she tells me, fine, you're our timer today. And I'm like, what? What, what just <laughs> happened? <laughs> and this is how my, my journey started because they had provided such a safe place, you know, uh-huh. where you would just stand up and talk and be yourself with no judgment, with no one there, you know, listening carefully to what you're going to say next. It was just free to keep on talking. And the first thing I said is that 
Hello, my name is Mariana. I've, I lost my voice. And I remember this clearly. Yeah. I said, I have lost my voice for years. And I think this is where I'm going to find my voice. And that was in 2018. And this is how my journey started to finding my voice, to finding my stories and believing in them. You started off when you... You're talk, we're going to talk about finding your voice. We're going to talk about where this story led to and, and how your voice has is now out there for the world and, and more is happening. But you started off as a, climbing the corporate career ladder. That was, that was for the thing. For 15 years. 15 yeah. years. I came to Dubai. I was quite young. So I got married and came to Dubai when I was 18. And that's what you do. That's I the think. dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dream. You're 18 it year is. old in Dubai. <clears throat> no plans oh. to have a child because I was a child myself, you know. Yeah. So the plan is, as you do when you come to Dubai, is to work. Yeah. And you work, you work, you work. And I got very lucky. Uh, and I got amazing jobs and I did very well with my jobs and the better you do well the more you start to believe that this is what you're meant yeah. to be so you go for the next challenge you go for the next job you get the next award you, you just it's keep adrenaline on right it's just the rush yeah. and you never say no you work the extra hours you take the extra challenges you see your face on the in the newspaper you see your name and you're the a corporate of a superstar press. oh my god you got was the clothes the you're, in the, you're in the offices I got I got the clothes, I got the shoes, I got the house, I got the car, you know, yeah. I got the bag, I got the ring. And all this, just before I was, I was not even 30 wow. when I had made it all. You're you like know? doing the happy dance. Oh my God, I was on top of the world, you know. And then... Um, I said, fine, okay, so I've done it. I've ticked all the marks, like you said. I've done the corporate stuff. I traveled the world. I look good. I'm healthy. So I think it's uh, now time to start a family, you know, because mm. I worked so hard. Yeah. I worked for 15 years. I have a great name in the in the business. I have a great name in the industry. Wherever I go, people know me. So maybe I can afford to take a year or two off, you know, have a child, and then go back to the career world, you know, because I wanted to be a full-time mom as well. That's the problem. It's I, hard. It's hard because I know how hard I work. So I work 12 to 14 hours a day to build my career. And I knew pra that was not practical to raise a child while working 12 and 14 hours. And the way I wanted to raise my child, it wouldn't have been possible to work. So I said, okay, I'm going to be a full-time mom for a year or two. And then when I come back, um, I'll be, I, I'll pick up from where I left. And that didn't happen. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you went into your manager's office and said, look, I, I got to take time off to, to raise my child. What was the response? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So let, let us just remember that this is not Hollywood, okay? <laughs> but it sounds like a Hollywood story. It's like you got the Prada, you know. The that, that's why I was full of it, right? Yeah, like yeah. I was killing it in Dubai. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, this this might be my Hollywood story. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm going to walk to my uh, manager's office, like you said, I'm going to say, I'm going to take breaks. She's going to say, oh, uh, oh of course, <laughs> we are so supportive of you. You know, you do what you want to do and come like, well, that's not what it turns around. You know, I was out of there faster than I got in because those two worlds somehow don't meet mm. very homogeneously. Yeah. So you have to choose. You, you, or in my world, at least, the I, world I was working in. I, I find this choose. always so, so difficult to reconcile in my brain. So a career woman, everyone knows biologically you have to have the baby. And, and quite frankly, I don't want to go through that anyway. So I'm, I'm happy to leave that with you. 
But then when you go to the workplace and this biological function is going to at some point happen, even the people who are our managers who might be women don't seem to be very interested in this aspect of the workplace and the reality of the workplace. We're all treated the same, but it can't work the same. So there's a very clear separation, you know, like if you cross that office door, you're an employee, (laughs) you know, you're on the payroll. You you might use a different washroom, but we have unisex washrooms, so everyone's the same. (laughs) Yeah, you're on the payroll, you're an employee, you're not Mariana. No, you're you're not, you're not the mother, you know, well, at least where I was working or at least in the industry, we can generalize it because... Yeah, it's true, some places do awesome, and we're not naming anywhere, some places are really good. (laughs) But not me, you know, not in my movie, not in my story. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't lucky enough to find an employee who would understand that I had a newborn child or yeah. I would be having a newborn child and I had to be present in my other side of my life as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. A choice was made for me. A choice was made for me. And that's that kind of like a, <clears throat> like a, a line in the sand, isn't it? It's, it's not like a grad, I mean, pregnancy gradually happens over nine months. And as you think about things, but then when you go to the workplace and you say, okay, look, we got to, I got to make a change. And it's sort of like, it's employee or mom. There's no in between. And if you can't be the employee, well, yeah. it's been nice knowing you. Exactly. <laughs> bye bye. And that, like, that just happens like that. See, uh, James, I write in my book that when I started working in Dubai, I was quite young. I was 19 um, yeah. when I had my first job here. And I say at 19, before I had my UAE driving license and before I was legally allowed to drink at age 19, it ha- it was obvious to me that I needed to plan my pregnancy uh-huh. at 19 really? when I am, when I am not allowed to take legal <laughs> defining <laughs> decisions in my life. I knew that I had to choose yeah. when I am supposed to have a baby because it's not easy to build a career in Dubai and you have to be focused. And this is, was my first decision before my first job, because if I wanted to build a career, I knew that my family had to be on, on pause. And I, as I, and I did that, I played that game. I stopped having a family for 15 years and Uh by, and 15 years later, I said, okay, this is it. You know, I proved myself and like, you know, we come back there. It's like, no, it doesn't matter how long you wait. It doesn't matter how far you go, how much you prove yourself. Um, the minute you become a mother, oh, well, you know. And and this is, this becomes a real challenge too, right? So now you've got the baby, you're at home, you're, you know, you're going out, you're doing whatever, but your life in Dubai, your life anywhere has been defined by all of these accolades at work, all of the things, all of the, the go, 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 all of the success. Hey, you're doing a great job. Suddenly it's gone. Yeah. And your mom. Yeah. And now you're defined as mom. And oh yeah, that was my other life. That was, yeah, well, that's what you did. But now you're, your mom. Yeah. And you got to start looking forward. Yeah. So the reality hits when you Google your name, oh. you know, and you find <laughs> and you find your name appearing on the 25th page <laughs> and no longer it's on Google page one, you know, so that's that why like, that must yeah. have, that must have, I mean, cause you were, as you said, you were super successful. Yeah, I was killing it, you yeah. know, and I did that. I did that maybe subconsciously just Googling my name. Yeah. And when I found a few months later uh, that my name was on the 25th page, it was yeah, Mariana, those 15 years don't count anymore, oh, you know. Man. And 
this is when I started getting haunted by that question. What do you do? You yeah. know, because in Dubai, you're defined by what you do. Yeah. You come here to do. You come here with a job. You come here for a job. You come here, change jobs and all that. And I dreaded that question because what is it that I did? I didn't. I mean, before, if you would ask me, I would tell you, Google me. You know, I would save myself <laughs> even the answers. Like, Google me. Let's Google tell you what I do, you know, and all the things I did. But now I couldn't even tell you that yeah. because I was on page 25, you yeah. know. Google so, me, but go to page 25. You got to really scroll down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, this is when reality hit me. Yeah. And I'm like, really, what is it that I'm doing? I'm burping. I'm, I'm milking, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking care. I'm changing diapers. But how, what is it? What is my contribution? Yeah. And everyone will say, oh, but being a mother is such an important job and you're nurturing life. And it, it's, it is, I mean, it's, it, it is, you're setting the groundwork for your child when they're 25 years old and they're in, you know, they're 18 years old. Let's back up. They're 18 years old yeah. and they're embarking on their career. Everything they're going to do at 18 years old is going to be traced back to what you did as a mom. But the value of that on a piece of paper. No, it's like, where is my promotion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where is my end year bonus? You know, where is my five star rating on Google? Yeah. It's like me and another many million moms were doing the same yeah. thing. But because I was so addicted to the corporate life cycle, yeah. to the reward, you know, to the promotions, to the gala dinners, you yeah. know, to the high heels. And I really missed that. I thought... I thought that the switch would be easy because I thought that in my 15-year career, I had done it all. So it would be easy to let go knowing that I had done it all, I had got it all, I had achieved it all. I thought it would be easy to walk away mm. and then do the same as a mother. So do it all, have it all, get it all. Yeah. But the switch was not easy because it's not an on and off. Yeah. You still carry the adrenaline of working in the office. You still carry the adrenaline of walking in the office and everybody looking at you. Oh my God, you know, that the devil wears Prada moment. What is she going to do today? But actually in the in my home, I, my son was doing that to me because yeah. like I, I was clueless yeah. and he was in charge other than I was in charge. But I, I missed that and the feeling of missing out yeah. you know they talk that a lot that is the one that drained me and at top of that the instagram and instagram <gasps> world right oh. doing it all having it all she's a corporate mom but she has the six pack you know and yeah. she drives the convertible two-seater and she has the seven-seater uh, over the weekend so it's like how is she doing it all how is she doing it all? Is it that I'm not good enough? What am I yeah. missing out on? What is it that I'm not doing wrong? And all these questions just start self doubt. Your brain. Self doubt. Yeah, yeah. And you start doubting: Is was this the right call for me? Did I do the right decision? Should I never become a mom, or should I have become a mother early, uh, earlier than later? You know. And mm. you start all these questions, and uh, no and then this answers. is how you end up not leaving the house for yeah. weeks and months just so that you don't have to talk to someone as as you sunk into this hole how long was it be how long were you in that hole of self-doubt before you know before you made that call and ended up with three the years. three capsicum three years three years uh, many yeah three 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 to four years i was in this hole for three to four years and i was alone i couldn't speak to anyone and that was the hardest part because self-confidence uh, dries up it's and also where is the community yeah. first of all the mothers that i knew were uh, working 
and were killing it, you know, yeah. as working yeah. mothers. And my other friends were not mothers, were singles working it, and they were looking at me as like, what happened to you? You know, you're not the big boss we we used to know. Mm-hmm. So there was, I couldn't find anyone who would relate to me. And that was the hardest thing because I thought it was just me. All me in this big world, you know, me, special Mariana. And then, you know, one day my therapist said, you're not that special. (laughs) Rip the bandaid off. He's like, you're just really a normal person. Career mom. Now you got to re-identify yourself. And this is how how it started. When I put myself out there, you know, when I took the first step to go and meet other women and have conversations and have this um, and have, uh, yeah, conversations and start talking about my stories and also hearing their stories and this is where I thought yeah I'm not that special I just have to trust myself a little more I have to trust the process and be in the process instead of being alone in the house avoiding uh, the world so as you went through that whole process and you come out the other end thank you the therapist who ripped off the band and said you know you're not that special but you found your voice through essentially through Toastmasters and that led to you investing an incredible amount of time to really in an interesting way document this world that you live in through a series of short stories it's your first book I don't know how it started you know when I became a full-time mom so up to that point I was living in the city center which I call it downtown in my book so I lived there for around uh, 20 20 years and then um, I moved to suburbia so this is what I call the suburb so I call I call I call it in my book suburbia and I say that suburbia is where full-time mothers move because now that I am a mother I had to move to suburbia and to be with the mothers that are like me you know because in downtown you don't find full-time moms Mm. and um, when I moved to suburbia it felt so alien to me it felt like a whole different country. I've, somewhere <laughs> I haven't been before, somewhere I didn't even know existed in Dubai before, you know, all of these mass full-time moms communities and latex, you know, yoga mornings, coffee afternoons. And I'm like, oh my God, where am I? Where am I? What happened to me? How did I end up here? And then I started taking notes, you know, I started taking notes because it's something funny you hear or a feeling I have is like, what the hell am I doing here? What kind of conversations these women are having? And I still try to impose my downtown me to suburbia. You know, it's like, no, no, did you hear the last uh, headlines in Financial Times? Or did you see what happened to that ticket on the NASDAQ? You know, or did you hear about the glass ceiling? And I think they were looking at me as like, what the hell is wrong with this woman? (laughs) (laughs) Who is she? <laughs> and you're taking notes you're going when but when did it dawn on you as you were starting to take these notes and you're starting to put this all together that there's there are stories here that need to be told and they are not only going to be entertaining but they also might form a bit of a bridge to help people like yourself who've been through this ringer, which is, you know, I, I hate to say it, I think it's probably pretty much every woman who has children and has got a career, which is them all, to figure out, hey, life isn't over. Yeah. It's just 
It changes. It changes. It's seasonal. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about it in my book. It's seasonal. So life happens in seasons. Uh, so I, the first story I ever wrote was the story of me going to a Lululemon shop to buy my latex <laughs> leggings. So that was my first welcome present to suburbia because obviously everybody was in uh, latex leggings. Everybody yeah. was going to yoga mornings. Yeah, and, spandex. And, it's spandex line. And you have to fit in. Yeah, so These are Lululemon shorts, exactly. just so you know. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> so, stylish, you know, I've never they? been. I've never been yeah. to a Lululemon uh, shop before. I don't know how it looks like. I don't know what the process the is. Suburban mom, it, 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 don't they give you when you move to the a suburbs? Voucher? Don't they give you a voucher? It's like the Lululemon's over there. Go get yourself kitted so out you in the uniform. You did my work. <laughs> yeah, they do give you. They give you a welcome mat. They give you a coffee voucher and a Lululemon voucher. So I went to Lululemon. I had to get my yoga pants and. The, experience was just oh my god what is happening to me you know because it was a ritual the 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 salesperson in the shop made it as a ritual as if i am buying i don't know i know the cape of it's your new life it's your identity (laughs) becomes the lululemon uh, uniform And I came back home and I was like, I need to write the story. I need to tell the story because nobody will believe me. If I tell them the story, if I go to downtown Debbie, as I call her in my book, if I go and tell her what happens in suburbia, she's not going to believe me. So I better start writing the stories. (laughs) And this is how I started story after story. And at that point, I didn't have a book in mind because my transformation was not complete at the point. I was still living in the This was part of the transformation, right? This This is... the, I, as I'm thinking about this whole process, this is the bridge. You're on the bridge trying to figure out, do I go back to the downtown? Do I go? Yeah. Do I? And these stories all start to become, it's like you've got them in each hand. And I just imagine you on this bridge. Maybe it's even like a tightrope and you're walking it and you kind of go, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to go back a little bit and then I'm going to go forward a little bit until yeah. you kind of realize like, you know what? Like the therapist said. Not special in the way you're thinking, but special in a different way. You're a di- yeah. And the special is defined by you, not defined by the manager in the C-suite exactly. who said... By a title, yeah. by a parking spot. Yeah. And now that you're saying, uh, you're, you're saying this, it comes to my mind that the role that Toastmasters played in this, because Toastmasters has a curriculum. So they tell you the first speech is going to be about this and then you move on to the next speech and you move on to the third speech. So they give you the topic and the objective. And I think the road I took going from one speech to another, preparing the first speech and then the second speech, that was the roadmap I took Mm. also to fill in the other gaps of my identity. And that helped me in the process as well put it made it easier i would say because the the program and toastmasters is called pathways so it's by definition it's a path and you choose your way on this path and the way i did it and i talked this about about this a lot is that i didn't stand up and talk about my cat or my dog during the speeches you know i didn't talk about impersonal stuff i didn't talk about the weather I used every speech as an opportunity to pour my heart out, to to talk about my pains, to talk about my dreams, to talk about why I'm here and what I'm asking the world to do and, and why I'm asking the world to save me. And every speech made it easier for me to like myself a little bit more, to trust myself mm. a little bit more, you know, and then the transformation to be complete. When, you're, when you wrote these stories and, you, and, and at, what, at what point... Did you say to yourself, 
there's something here. And you, you, you just, you had the first story and then, you know, I'm going to write some more. And then to the point where you started to say, I've got a lot more. And you wrote an awful lot. Like this is an extraordinary number of hours invested, an extraordinary number of words of which only like a third. Third, are, yeah. Are in your book. I read, um, I wrote 100,000 words and oh. only 36,000 ended up in the book. <clears throat> the minute I knew that I was onto something, it was when I finished writing the first 5,000 words. By that time, 5,000 words is around seven to eight stories. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do about this? And, <laughs> and were you sharing, I want to interrupt, were you sharing the stories at this point with people? Well, or? that's very interesting as well, because I, d- I did share one or two stories and the feedback I got, who wants to hear about this? <laughs> wrong audience we'll move to another group of people and I'm like yeah I don't think you're the person I need to talk to (laughs) but that didn't stop me you know and obviously I was also uh, pitching to magazines if they want to have my publish my 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 essays and my story of course I got rejection after rejection it's 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 humbling isn't it I mean it's you're 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 coming out of this state you're happy with your stories and, and then you get you get people who just don't get it and then you get editors who clearly don't get it because i mean who knows what the criteria is it's well they want uh, happy yeah, they want filters yeah. Yeah. they want uh, they want me to talk about my six pack you know yeah. which i don't talk about any of that but i i talk about the challenges i talk about how hard it is i to didn't be have a, a six mom. pack when i was 18 I just, i'm not gonna have a six pack now oh my god <laughs> So yeah, but every really, I, I every rejection I got, James, it just, just made me you? just empowered me. Okay, you know what? You're 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 onto something now. Yeah. And the fact that people are not comfortable with what you're saying, it only proves that you have something worthwhile to yeah. say. You know, just need to find the audience. You know? And I'm like, okay, so I I wrote my first five thousand books. So I Google, what's the shortest book that I can publish? <laughs> Set the bar. You need a bar. Very good. So I need to be realistic here, you know. And um, Google tells me I need 40,000 words. So I'm like, okay, I did 5,000. I can do the rest 35,000. And then I say, okay, so I need a plan here. What am so I you're already to? five stories, seven <clears throat> stories in. And now you're deciding, okay, I need a plan. Yeah, I okay. need a plan. I need a plan. So where, how am I going to write the rest of the stories? How am I going to uh, go about it? Where does the story end? Where does the story uh, begin? And I was thinking about it the other day uh, because, you know, you get the writer's block. Yeah. Did you get writer's block? Oh, all the time. All the time. What did you do? Uh, I, I, so I put my pen down. And I just went out again. I started living again, you know, because when you write, I wrote six hours a day, five yeah. days a week. Where's the all baby? I Where's did. the baby at all this point? <laughs> He's at school. <laughs> so from drop off, drop uh, to pick up. Yeah. That's that's my uh, that's my writing time. And, and I, I just want to pause for a second because this is the other fallacy that happens in people's lives. Children start going to school. So, you know, they're, they're three, four, whatever. I don't know what age you decide, whether it's preschool or school. We, we didn't go in that. It doesn't matter. But it's like, child's going to go to school and I can go back to work. It's like, you can't. I mean, no. you can, but I've been in that world. At least I'm a university professor. So finishing at three o'clock to go and pick up my boys, which I did from as soon as they were in school till they graduated high school, I could do that. But I was a rarity mm. because True. work doesn't end at three o'clock. 
and you're yeah. it's it's the life you, it's it's so hard to then jump back into that life does i mean the phones don't stop the emails yeah. don't stop deadlines don't stop because you have drop off and pick yeah. up and also the switch of mind uh, you know it's, you how, how yeah. can you switch from your office to back to your family yeah. just after pickup i have a nice story here actually you know the first few years uh, when i became a full time mom i was still trying to find the job because i like I, that, that i like that that you've you've you you are you've 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 classified yourself i'm a full-time mom yeah, okay keep going <laughs> you own it as a badge i'm a full-time mom it's like, with pride now, yes. you know? <laughs> um so uh, obviously i also did my, my master's because i thought that was part of the plan you know when i did my master's in leadership that's another take on my maternity break and okay. you know the employees are gonna appreciate that you know uh, not uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I started looking for a, for a, for a job and uh, then I found this company and they were all pro women you know nice. even the the HR was so proud to say we have a, what did they call it women empowerment department division really? something nice. with the head you know nice. and I'm like yes change I'm this home. is it this I'm is all it. the way and before we go into the interview process I'm like I'm a mom first uh, so that means that I can work uh, part-time or I can work flexible hours with less travel, you know. She's like, don't worry, don't worry, we're cool. We have this woman <laughs> empowerment department within our company. I'm like, yes. So the interview process takes around uh, four to five months. It All was right. very long. Yeah. The contract comes in. The job offer comes in. And you have to travel four days a week, work 12 hours a day, and I'm like, hello, what happened to flexible? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're very flexible. We can let you go pick up your son during your lunch break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so, so you're flexible, but I gotta fit the corporate model. All right. Yeah. All talk, no application. No, not in the not in the real world. Yeah. So not not on paper. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. you were so but so you were writing, and then you figured forty thousand words, and you were writing between the drop-off and pickup yeah. so that when your child came home it's your mom i'm a mom yeah i was i was fully uh, a mom so i could do whatever he wants yeah. i could be the mom i wanted to be without having <clears throat> that ticking clock in the yeah. back of my mind that i need to stop in half an hour i didn't want to be that kind yeah. of mom you know and that goes it's very important you as were, a woman I love that word the, you were the mom you wanted to be yes this is extremely important i i was the mom i wanted to be because being a mom for me is completely different than being a mom for the other mom and the yeah. other mom and the, so because i knew what kind of a mom i wanted to be and i i i I knew the compromises that I wasn't willing to make. But that came quite late in the game. <laughs> oh, no. That, that came four hours later, because uh, four years later. Four because, years later. Because, see, the thing is, okay, I want to be a full-time mom. I want to be a full-time mom. That's what I want to do. But then, you know, you had those yeah. doubts. You, you didn't still got to reconcile. The, You're still on the bridge holding, yes. the, holding the things. And then slowly by slowly, I, I became to know that I am the mom I always wanted to be because I am... A, upholding my values i am upholding what makes my family my family what makes me 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 what i want to yeah. give to my son and that was a decision only i could make after i made peace okay. with my with my values and what kind of compromises i am willing to make you know that book the fc uk book uh -huh. yeah so that book on the first page of that book that book gave me one of the aha moments that book says what pains are you willing to take for the reward 
And that was, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I am personally not willing to take the pain of a boss. I am yeah. personally not willing to take the pain of a nine to six job. But I am willing, I am the kind of person, I am the kind of mom who I'm willing the pain to play with my son, you know, staying yeah, yeah. in latex the whole day, you know, staying in Birkenstock the whole day. But it had to come to me. No, not to me. <laughs> 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 but I, it, it had to come yeah. to me slowly, yeah. progressively, because it's not a switch. It's not yeah. on and off switch. To Yesterday I was a corporate and today I'm a full-time mom. It doesn't happen this yeah. way. And, we and you've, got, you've got to embrace it too. And it, until, you, until you fully 100% value that decision and all of the things that are going to go with it. You I mean, you're, a, you're an author, you're an <laughs> author. And I mean, how many, you, you can, we were right here, downtown Dubai. We're looking onto the Burj Khalifa. I mean, it's behind the curtains, but it's there. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you it's there. There are a thousand or more corporates in those towers just they're on the mill. They're on the treadmill. They're just, yeah. you know, they're, they're just feed me, feed me, give me another donut. Right they're, they're yeah. that. How many of those people, how many of those thousands are, are picking up a Kindle are, are going to the bookstore and grabbing something at Kunikinia? All of them. Yeah. But how many of them are writing those books? Five, none. You know what I mean? Because like, I'm, I'm, but you're now you're that person. I am. And yeah. I am very happy, happy to be because it, I, I did. I did. This is what Toastmasters did. And this is what the whole process did is that I believed in my voice yeah. and I believe that these stories should be told. You know what they say is that if you are out there looking for a book to read and you can't find it, I yeah. couldn't find a book yeah. that had these stories in them. So you wrote the book you I wanted the to book. read. I, I, I wrote the book I, I wanted to read. <laughs> I want women to read so that they know they're they're not alone. Yeah. I was um, I was I, I was writing an article the other day and um, I mentioned in it is that do you know the name Marco Polo? You know when uh, it's a game, uh, yeah, you know kids Marco, play Marco Polo. Polo. Marco, I used to I used to play with my friends all the time. So I said uh, when I was going through all this, I was yelling Marco, yeah. you know, but no one was yelling Polo back because it was shh. Let's not talk about this. But now that I wrote this book, this book is my Marco. You know, yeah. this book, I am telling everyone, I'm standing in the middle of the room and I'm yelling, Marco, come yeah. and find me. You are not alone because that's what I wanted to say. You are not alone. You are not that special. The way my therapist told me you're not special. <laughs> we are more. We are so many more. And we shouldn't cry alone on the bathroom floor like I did. When you, you talked about the rejection letters and you're working on this and you're trying to find that out. When did things start to click with the stories and people start yelling back, Polo, Polo to your Marco. So that was in 2020 actually in the, in the lockdown. So I had written the big chunk of it in 2019 and in 2020 I started sharing my stories as a form of speeches uh-huh. in Toastmasters and sharing them in front of, uh, as form as essays and all that. And people started relating, like echoing to those stories and actually feeling the pain behind it and feeling the gradual change behind it. And they were just amazing. This new community that I found, you know, my suburbia community, my Toastmasters community, they were just an amazing force. I couldn't have done this without them because they believed 
that I needed to put my stories out there and they believe that I needed to do this for my healing as well, but also for the Marco Polo event because yeah. they knew there were so many out there that wanted to hear these stories. It must be incredible when you're sharing the stories, whether you're you're speaking them, whether people are reading them, and they they come up to you and they go, I, I totally can relate. Yeah. I see myself in that story. That's the, that's the most amazing part, especially after I published the book. The, the comments I'm getting from the readers, they just give me a goosebumps, you know, <laughs> and uh, tears come falling down because that's exactly what they say. They say, you said it the way that I was feeling it. Yeah. You said the words that I couldn't say. I went through that exact same thing. Thank you for telling me. Thank you for showing me I'm not alone, you know? Yeah. And that just... That, Gives uh, you goosebumps, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. All, all those, I say, all those days, all those nights crying and doubting myself, it makes yeah. it all worth it. Because if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be here today. You know, I wouldn't yeah. have the confidence uh, to share my stories. And I want my stories... You know, some of them tell me you're so brave to share because... Well, we, we don't open up our jackets, right? We, we pull on, it's, we go out into that world. We've got our kids and we do our stuff and you put on, you know, you got spandex on, but hey, you also got to put on a sweater and a thing and we're going to put on a hat and just on the screen where no one's going to see the real us. No, no. And, and you pulled back the curtain yeah. and you're saying, yeah, that was me on the bathroom floor. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't leave anything because it, I decided if I wanted to do this, I wanted to do it all. Yeah. It had to be done the right way. Nothing holding back. Because if I was going to hold back anything, then what was the point of telling the story? I would be me on an Instagram filter. Yeah. So I don't do, <laughs> I don't do filters. I just say it the way it is. Yeah. Um, you might find it raw. You might find it uh, brave. But this was, I, I say it, it's my truth. This is the way... This is what I lived. This is what I went through. And I want to tell you exactly what I went through. So you don't feel that it's too hard for you. No, it was too hard for me as well. And I have no inhibitions. You know, I have nothing to hide. And it was really hard. You know, I finished the book end of uh, September. And uh, my friends kept on calling me and telling me why aren't you publishing it yet? Why isn't the book out there? And I'm like, you know what that means? The minute I publish the book, I'm an open. I'm open. All my yeah. scars, uh, all my heart, all the all the bleedings is out there for people. They will see every single scar I have. So I can't just hit publish. I need to sit a minute with myself and just be really okay with this because it's done. Once you hit publish, your friends, your family, strangers yeah. are gonna look right and see you right through you. So I'm like, just give me a minute. You know, let let me savor this and how huge that publish button will be for me and it took me a week okay and it took me a, a whole week to say fine mariana you've done it you know you wrote this for two and a half years you went through all that and you did it so that you share it you tell people you can do it you can press on that <laughs> button you can publish that book <laughs> how do people find the book where do we go Amazon.com. Yeah. It's both in uh, paper, um, uh, paperback uh, and also can on Kindle. Give us a title. Uh, it's called That Suburbia Lady. <laughs> that Suburbia Lady. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and and it, we're sitting here in Dubai. Readers in Dubai, this is really going to resonate with them, isn't it? 
Yeah. So the book is all uh, it mirrors Dubai. Because as you said, I came here very young yeah. and where I am today and what I did today and my family, I couldn't have done it without Dubai. So I start the book by resonating, by mirroring uh, my success to the success of of, uh, of Dubai. So I start in 1998 when I landed in Dubai, how Dubai was, the Burj Al-Arab was getting built slowly. And then I moved back five years, 10 years, 15 years. So I'm showing this hand in hand growth of Dubai, the city and Dubai, the people and the population. And then I, when I moved to suburbia and I start showing this contrast, because I feel that I left the city of Dubai and I moved to suburbia and now suburb and suburbia, I was shrinking when Dubai, the city was, was growing, okay, you know, yeah. but the thing is, the the book is my story. So the story of a corporate boss lady who moved uh, to suburbia and yeah. lost herself and couldn't find herself. But if you read the book, the 40 stories that are in the book, it's about transformation. Yeah. It's about someone, a woman, a mother, single, married, it doesn't matter. But she is at a transformation stage in her life. She knows that she... Is she needs to do more things, but mm. she doesn't know what. Right. She knows that she's supposed to be someone else, someone bigger. She knows that she is supposed to have a bigger impact, but she doesn't know where. Because as you said, she's stuck on that treadmill, like I was. You know, yeah. I was stuck in the rat race. On the tra- on the rat race, on the corporate rat race, they don't give you a chance no. to stop, to pause, <laughs> to say why. Why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, because it's deadline after deadline, it's promotion after promotion, it's a bigger bag, it's a more expensive shoes, it's a first class ticket, it's a yeah. five star hotel stay. You know, so they don't give you a chance to stop and to ask why. So this book, hopefully, the stories in this book, like they allowed me to pause and ask the questions why. Why am I doing this? What is really success to me? You know, is it success to me a house, a car or what? Let me define success. What is happy to me, you know? So, but of course the book is written in a satire way. (laughs) It's not a self-help book, not at all. So the the book is 40 stories because that's the year I turned 40, by the Mm. way. So I decided I'm going to do 40 story, one story for each month until December. I I turned 40 years old. And these are satire, sarcastic, funny stories that show you how to ask those questions and how I ask those questions and I ended up finding the answers, the right answers. What, what's next? You got another book up your sleeve? Oh, always, yeah. you know, You're I already started taking... <laughs> <laughs> I never stop taking notes. You know, my phone is part, um, I think I take more notes on my phone than I talk on my phone. You know, my phone, I I already have 695 notes on my phone and every note is a story. Okay. And every note can be a book, you know. But now I just want to spend time having conversations, talking to women, reaching out to mothers, asking the right questions, let them know that they're not alone. And I'm not in a hurry, you know, at all, you know, where it's not what's next, what's the big thing. I'm not in a hurry. It took me three years to write this book. It took me eight years to be who I am today. So I'm not in a hurry at all. I have the time of the world to have as many conversations as I can. And I would love to. So if it takes three years, five years, 10 years, let it be. But I just want to have conversations and connect with as many women and mothers as I can. What's the best way for people to connect with you? 
I'm on Instagram after three years hiatus. I'm back <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> So it's mariana.misakian and I'm also on uh, LinkedIn as well. So I write a lot, a lot of articles on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. So I'll, I'll post all of those Thank into you. our into our description so people could find you. But what, this has been so much fun. Thank you. It has. I, I mean, I really look forward to to what's coming next. And I'm going to I'm going I'm going on to Amazon. I'm, I'm downloading <laughs> this. I can't wait to read this. Yeah, thank you. Let me know what you think. You know, and, and the, but that's that opens up the other question. I mean, you've talked about this. This is really in, in a sense, it's your story and obviously being told from a woman in the corporate rat race who finds her voice and finds her place. But I get the sense talking to you that this this would resonate and does resonate as well for for guys, for men. Oh, that's... You don't I think? I didn't have a man in mind when yeah. I... Although there's a story there about my husband selling his Porsche. Uh, <laughs> because because <laughs> I thought that my husband also as a man did go through some minor changes when yeah. we moved to suburbia. So yeah. he had to to sell his Porsche. Uh, to buy a Porsche. Porsche. You know, please. <laughs> yeah, we have to respect Miss Carrera. If you read the book, you will know why. Yeah, 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 it yeah. was like his biggest yeah. decision <laughs> Uh, so so my husband has to sell his Porsche uh, to buy a van and uh-huh. also a, a bicycle, you know, to join the bicycle thing. So men do also through changes. But, but as a woman, as a wife, I couldn't relate right. to those yeah. changes. But I could see it. In his uh, most, um, uh, what do you say, possession, you know, yeah. prized possession, yeah. that it did affect him so as this book, well. So this book way. is going to help me understand those women that I see in their <laughs> Lululemons <laughs> and on the coffee mornings. I'm going to go, I know, what you, I know what's going on in your yeah. brain. Yeah, I love them. You know, now that I know them, I know what's going on. I have so much respect for them because they have so much pride and confidence and happiness. They just know what they want and they know who they are, you know. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful to have landed in suburbia to have become like them proud (laughs) (laughs) in latex but still super proud and super happy living life at the fullest the way i want to live it you know yeah Marietta, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much and and uh, you know I, I, i want to round it back take it right back to the beginning this, this wouldn't be possible without Toastmasters. They really helped you to find your voice. What a great program. Always grateful. Always so humble that the universe chose to put me in the path of those bold, beautiful ladies of Toastmasters. And none of this would have been possible without them. Go find your book. You're going to love it. What a, what a great morning. Thank you very much for dropping in. And you know what? Take a look through the rest of what we've got up on our podcast. Mariana joining us, talking about her great book. You're just going to love reading it. Keep listening to what we're doing. Share the link because there's someone who needs to read this book. And we'll be doing it all again really, really soon. So long for now.